You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Do you have a wet basement? You've got a problem. Not only are you inviting toxic mold, a flooded foundation can raise serious structural issues. But here's the good news. Jackhammers and backhoes and other drastic measures are probably not in your future if you read our tips for sealing your basement. Hit MoneyBit.com, click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair question, give us a call right now, 888-MONEYPIT. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. The website is moneypit.com. Your home for the solutions to your home improvement projects. Have you tackled a project? Are you about to do one? Or have you already started it and maybe it's not going so well? <laughs> we get a lot of those calls. Don't be embarrassed. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, anything worth starting is worth starting over with us. <laughs> So uh, give us a call right now, one eight 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 Money Pit. We'd love to help you get through that job. Hey, you know that upgrading a bathroom is probably the best home improvement project you can tackle. It's got a great return on investment. And you don't even need to spend an arm and a leg on it. Even something as simple as changing the faucet can really give that room a whole new look. Yeah, and that's one DIY project you can really do yourself. So coming up this hour, you're going to meet Dan Murphy from Peerless Faucets, and he's going to give you some tips and tricks to make sure your installation goes smoothly. Yeah, they built a pretty cool website, faucetcoach.com. That's what we need, a faucet coach. Well, I kind of think of ourselves as sort of the coach for <laughs> the our home, home improvement, improvement coaches. Yeah, we know, we'll, we'll coach you through the project. Call us right now, one eight eight. We cheer you on, Pit. and we heckle at the same time. It's all about love. But first, we want to tell you about this hour's prize. It's one. $100 worth of Vigoro lawn and garden care items. There's everything from tools to decorative stone to mulch. It's a great way to get a head start on your spring landscaping. So call us right now to get in on the giveaway. one Money Pit. Leslie, who's first? Mark in Texas finds the Money Pit on KFNC, and you've got dust in the house. What kind of dust are you seeing? Well, we're getting dust uh, coming in. I'm thinking it's coming in from the AC, coming are out from the air it? vents into the house. Are you seeing it around the ductwork itself, or are you seeing it down on things below it? Well, we're seeing it on the ductwork, and we're seeing it on the walls, and then we're also seeing it on top of, like, the entertainment center and um, on the tops of pictures. I mean, it's settling real high. So I didn't know if I had, like, you know, a leak in my, in my air ducts or if I needed to replace my air ducts. I'm not sure what the problem is. What kind of filter do you have on the system now? Well, I was using a, a 3M um, one of the one of the like uh, fifteen dollar air filters that you can buy, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the pleated air filters. Mm-hmm. And uh, a buddy of mine was saying that you know if you use if there if there's too pleated if they're too much then they make your AC run harder. I don't know if there's any truth to that. No, I don't think so. And the how pro- often were you changing those filters? 
I'm changing them about every 30 to 45 days. Yeah, I, I think we're going to make a much more efficient suggestion for you. Get rid of the small pleated filters and put in a whole house air cleaner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because what they do is this whole house air cleaner will go into the ductwork in the whole system and then every bit of air that circulates through the house is going to go through this cleaning system and that filter you're only going to need to change once a year and when you see how much dust and bacteria and pollen and dander that it collects you'll be amazed okay hey, leslie and i were working with um one of the april air whole house air cleaners they were rated tops by consumer reports for the last three years and we saw one of the filters after it had been in the unit for a year, and it's amazingly disgusting. So the, the filter impressively itself is... Impressively disgusting. Yeah, impressively <laughs> disgusting. It's doing a good job. The filter itself, where, where when you take a, a small filter like what you had, um, these filters that are in the uh, April Air unit, it's actually, if you unfolded it, it would be 70 square feet. So wow. it's a huge surface. And the problem is that you're not collecting enough dust with a small fiberglass filter. Right. So I think you're better off spending some money and having a whole house air cleaner installed. It would probably cost you about maybe seven fifty to eight fifty to have one of those put in. I actually put one of these in my house, and I'm really happy because we have um, allergy issues here and uh, you know allergic reactions to different types of contaminants, and it really makes the house very very clean. I just think you're not cleaning enough dust in the house, and and most people don't because they don't they use the small thin filters. That's what I call a pebble stop. You know, it stops yeah. the big rocks. But, but it's it not going to stop the particulates. Right. It's not going to stop. I mean, these whole house air cleaners can stop things that are virus size and particle size. And Mark, the, an added benefit of all of this is that if you put in one of these whole house air cleaners, you'll be cleaning the air so much that by the time it recirculates back into the machinery, it will actually make things run more efficiently because those particles aren't getting into the units themselves. Definitely. Okay. Is, it, is it something that's going to be installed like within the return air vent or... Yeah, absolutely. It would be. It's return on the. It's it's installed on the return side of okay. the duct system, and it should be installed by your heating and cooling contractor. Okay. okay great. Well, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna check into it. I appreciate it. I enjoy the show. You're very welcome, Mark. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Dave in Virginia finds the Money Pit on WJFK, and you've got a question. Why does the basement leak? Yes. Tell yes. What kind of leak? What do you have? What's going on? Well, what I have going on is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it's a brand new house. It's, uh, the outside has been tarred uh, with at least three layers of, uh, of actually the black tar. The inside has been uh, thermosealed uh, at length. However, uh, every time there's a, a good rain, it seems like the surface water seems to creak in through where the wall meets the floor. Right. I, I've done a lot of things to try to, uh, to mitigate that, but nothing has seemed to have helped at this point. Well, the reason the water is leaking in between the, uh, the, the block wall and the floor is because concrete block walls are hollow, and so as water is exposed to the outside of the wall, it soaks through the outer layer and then gets into the core and falls. But the bottom couple of courses of the cement block is filled with concrete. They call it solid grouting in the business. And so as it hits that section of the filled-up concrete block at the bottom, the water sort of ponds there and then starts to leak through. So it looks like it's just leaking at that floor joist. It's really water that got into the wall. But the secret here, regardless of where it is it's showing to look up, outside. is how to slow it down from the outside exactly. Dave, does your house have a gutter system? Oh, yes. Well, there was. There was not, but I put those in as part of the mitigation process. Okay, and you make sure that they're clean and they're yes, not overflowing? 
brand new and, the, and it, it hasn't slowed down anything. I've checked the outspouts. I only have one outspout. And uh, and where does that deposit the water? Is it sort of close to your foundation or is it depositing the water kind of far away? Uh, kind of far away. And there's a little bit of water coming out, but I can notice that the water is rising in the box. It's sweating about halfway up the nine-foot wall. Okay. Now, what about the grading on the outside of the wall? Is the soil sloping away from the wall? Yes, that was one of the mitigation things I did. <laughs> that was that was fix number eight. Okay. Listen, the main the, the two main reasons the basements leak is because the gutter system is not right. You may not have enough downspouts. You get any if you're getting any overflow of that, the downspouts need to be extended four to six feet from the house. Do you have them out that far? At least I, I did do that. I buried them and okay. piped them all the way from the house. Now there's just a little bit of water coming out of the uh, French drain piping that the four-inch line that I have away, way away from the house. I don't know how much is normal. I don't understand. What's the French drain for? That's part of the story I didn't quite get. Okay, that's just uh, what we put around the house, uh, the gravel and the piping, the four-inch line. uh, Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you trenched around your house and put a trench in with perforated pipe and stone? Yes. Uh Aha. Well, that probably wasn't the best decision because okay. I think what's happening is the soil is getting wet in that area um, because you have this hollow area with the stone. I generally don't recommend that. I generally recommend solid tamping of solid soil, usually clean fill dirt, sloping away so it drops six inches on four feet, not just a slight slope, but a pretty good, say, 10-degree or so slope. Okay. Um, the stone on the outside... I don't think that probably was the best decision because I think you've probably hollowed out some voids there that's causing water to collect. Do you know what kind of soil do you have? It's very, very rich in sand and clay. Ah, clay soil is also very, very tricky to work with because it, it does odd things. It kind of creates shelves below the surface of the soil, and if you had sand and then you had clay soil and it happened to slope into the wall, it could be like a shelf shooting water back well, into that house. I was thinking about putting in, and I really wanted to see what you thought about this, uh, I, really, I was going to put in a pump, uh, maybe bury it, uh, an exterior uh, sump pump, of course, case it and everything, and, and try that. Well, typically, if you have a, a wet basement problem that can't be solved with grading and drainage, you put that kind of drain tile system in, but you put it on the inside of the house. You basically dig out the uh, concrete floor at the interior perimeter. You lay in uh, gravel, perforated pipe, and then a sump pump on the inside so the water has a place to go. So before you put in an elaborate drain system outside, I might suggest that you do it on the inside. I think that's going to get you where you want to be a lot quicker. I will definitely do that. I'm, I'm just about at my wit's end. It hasn't rained in a while, so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, well, when, see, whenever the, the basement leaks consistent with rainfall, it's always, always, always grading and drainage. Now, in your case, if you've got some odd soil conditions, that might be why you can't get this under control quite that quickly. But I guess, if nothing else, you definitely have slowed it down. You must have slowed it down by putting the gutter system on. I hope so. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Dave? Well, listen, I certainly do appreciate it. And uh, uh, anything else that comes up, I'll definitely call uh, you fellas back and uh, right. call everybody there back. All right, you're very welcome. Thanks for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. And Leslie, he meant fellas in the world. I know. Royal, I'm like, I'm sense. a fella. You're a fella. That's okay. <laughs> you're one of the guys. I am one of the guys. one eight 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 Money Pit, 888 All right, well, here's a burning question, Leslie, deck or patio. Which one is the best choice for your home sweet home? Coming up, we're going to help you decide which fits you best. The walls in your home hold memories, hopes, dreams, and quite possibly mold. 
You see, traditional drywall has paper on both sides, which combined with moisture can allow conditions that cause mold. That's why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor Plus from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor Plus has glass mat facings on both sides. And no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you eliminate the paper, you reduce the chances for mold. If you're building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor Plus. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. Table saw. 18-volt drill driver. 8-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. Did you know that the air inside your home can be up to 100 times more polluted than the air outside? No matter how clean you keep your home, it's littered with harmful contaminants like viruses, bacteria, and mold, pet dander, dust, and pollen. Contaminants that cause illness and make allergies and asthma much more severe. Thankfully, there's a way to make your home healthy. The April Air Electronic Air Cleaner. Using the best air cleaning technology available, April Air is the only whole home air cleaner that effectively removes harmful contaminants, even viruses, from the air your family breathes. And that makes your whole home a comfortable, healthy place to be. Your family deserves the best, so why not give them the best? Make your whole home healthier with the April Air Electronic Air Cleaner. April Air. Fresh ideas for indoor air. Roomside blinds and curtains are dust magnets. And all those allergens accumulating on your window treatments could be making you sick. That's why I love Designer Series windows and patio doors from Pella. They have blinds sandwiched between panes of glass. They're protected from dust. So Pella Designer Series windows actually help keep the air in your home healthier. And here's the best part. Window blinds protected under glass don't need constant cleaning. What's not to love? For a free in-home consultation, call 800-309-5555. This portion of the Money Pit is being brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools. Pro features, affordable prices. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, one 888 888-666-3974. You know, Leslie, in all those years I spent in construction, I used to see patios put on homes that really deserved decks and decks put on homes that really deserved patios. How do you know the difference? 
Well, here's a couple of things to consider when you've got that burning deck patio question. So here, if your back door is close to the ground, say within a foot or two of the ground, go with a patio. Because decks require more vertical space for posts, beams, and joists, and it makes no sense to build those below grade. If you go with a patio, you can build one with concrete pavers. And those are modular bricks, and they fit together like puzzle pieces, and they're really attractive. That's right. And if you have more vertical height off the back door or if your yard slopes off so much that a patio wouldn't be practical, think deck. Now, when you design your deck, first decide whether you want one level or two. There are lots of great material choices as well. You've got natural wood. You've got pressure-treated lumber. You've got cedar. You've got redwood. You've got composites like Trex, which is made out of plastic and lumber combinations. They're also becoming very, very popular. So think about really how much space you have off of that door. That's really the key determining factor. A little bit of space, patios make great sense. A lot of space or a sloping-off yard, then go with the deck. Coming up in our next Money Pit e-newsletter, we'll lay out patio installation for you step-by-step, read how to prep the base of any patio and how to create different patterns with pavers or stones. And if you're not a subscriber, well, you better sign up now at www.moneypit.com. Come on, people, it's free. And another outdoor project that many of you are probably dreading is yard work. But this hour, we're giving away a great prize. It's one that certainly will inspire you. It's 100 bucks worth of Vigoro products. It includes Weed Stop Mulch, which is infused with herbicide, along with some tools to get the jobs done, even some plant food and some decorative stone. Call us right now, 1-888-MONEYPIT. Leslie, who's next? Steve in Tennessee finds the Money Pit on WFHG, and you've got a noisy shower. What's happening? Hey, yeah, it's just like... When you turn it on, sometimes it, I, or when you just turn the regular water on, it, it's it's fine. But then when you hit the shower thing, it starts squealing like crazy. I mean, it don't do it all the time, but it's just like during the shower, it might do it four times. And it's only happening in the shower. It only does it when the showers turn on. If you just have the actual faucet in the bathtub turned on, it don't make any noise. But when you turn on the the shower, it'll like squeals like the. Well, it sounds like it's the shower diverter valve, and that's what reroutes the water from the tub faucet up to the shower head, um, or it could be the shower head itself. One thing you could try, Steve, and that is to remove the shower head itself. Uh-huh. Just unscrew that, and then turn the shower on. The water's going to come out in one solid burst. <laughs> and it's going to hurt, so don't stand near it. Yeah, come, you, you, you'll be amazed how much water comes out of that pipe. But uh, try that and see if it's still noisy. If it's, if it's still noisy, it's the shower diverter. If it's not, it's the shower head. How difficult is it to replace that shower diverter? Uh, it's kind of a hassle. So a plumber's yeah. got to do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I would recommend earplugs, you know, like the kind used in swimming pools. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you don't uh, have to worry another about another question, if you could maybe answer it, too. Sure. We'll run the two-for-one special just for you, Steve. Well, thank you. I've, I've got an older home also, and... Uh, in the in the bathroom in it, the tub is the only thing in the whole house that doesn't drain good. And I've tried, you know, putting stuff down it and everything. I've ran a snake down it and nothing happens, but it just it, it don't it's the only thing in the house that don't drain. Everything else drains perfect. It could be that the house just wasn't when you when that tub was put in it just wasn't graded properly. What does that mean? The angle of the pipe might not be pitched properly. Oh, what's okay. underneath this tub? That. Is it is it under is it uh, over a basement or a crawl space? Uh, crawl space. All right. So, can you visually uh, ID the plumbing pipe there to make sure it's uh, pitched properly? Uh, 
Yeah, I could I could do that. I just wasn't sure why. I guess I have to ask somebody what pitch it should be or something. Or well, another thing that you can do. I know you mentioned you you snaked it. Um, are uh-huh. you relatively confident there's nothing in there? Uh, if my my brother works for like the water place and uh, he come, he give me some stuff to pour down and said if it if it was anything stopped up in it, it would definitely eat through it. And, <laughs> and uh, it's got the so secret like potion. It, 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 it'll drain, but it just drains real slow. Hmm. You know, what about the uh, the overflow valve that lets some air into the line? If that was blocked, um, then you may not be getting enough um, return air on the drain pipe, and it might be slowing down the drain. When you let the water up to the point where it goes over the overflow, uh-huh. if there's any obstruction in that or if that thing is blocked off, do you get a lot of gurgling as it goes down? No, you don't hear nothing. It just it drains so slow. You, mm. If you sit there and watch it, you, you would think it wasn't moving at all. I yeah. mean, it takes about 20 minutes for it to drain out. Well, look, something's got to be in there. Let me give you one more trick of the trade to check that drain for any obstruction. Do uh-huh. you have a wet-dry vacuum? Yeah. You can use a wet-dry vacuum to vacuum out the drain. Put it right on top of the drain and vacuum it out. With a good wet-dry vacuum, you will be sucking any debris that's in that pipe right back that into the vacuum. That needs some serious suction, though. No, it's it's a good trick. I've done it before. It works well. Huh. Yeah. Well, and somebody else had told me something, uh, but I would have thought that that would made other. But they said something about the, the the valve that goes out of the house. You know, the big pipe. Yeah. Said that it could be stopped up or something. But wouldn't that make all the drains not drain if it? Yeah, was you would think. That? Yeah, absolutely. You would think it's only this one piece of pipe between the yeah. tub itself and the drain. Yeah, that's that's all we so, think. Yeah. Try that. You know, uh, wet-dry vacuums, the way they're, way they're building them today, they can actually suck about a gallon of water a second. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're pretty wow. strong. So try to vacuum out that drain and see if you pull any debris out of there. I suspect that it's either obstructed or it's not pitched properly, like Leslie said. Okay? Uh, that's great. Thank you very, very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Robert in Illinois has an insulation question. How can we help you? Yes, uh, I was wondering if you knew if anyone's got any products in the market that you can use to insulate walls without actually having to tear the walls apart like you used to years ago. Well, yeah, that's blown in insulation. Oh, okay, so they do have, because the only insulation I had ever worked with was the old pink stuff that you had to tear the wall out and unroll it in in between the studs. Okay. No, you can use blown-in insulation. The way it works is a small hole is drilled in the walls, then the insulation is blown into that wall cavity, then the hole is patched and spackled and touched up. So when you're all done, you have a completely insulated walls. It's a good idea to have a pro do that because they have to put it in around with the right density so that when it settles, you don't end up with voids that are not insulated. Okay. Yeah, and it could be really messy. Yeah, I can imagine it would. But if- <laughs> probably a lot less messy than ripping the walls apart like it used to do. Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah. So that, well, that answers my question real well because I hadn't heard of anything on the market for that. So, Because I've got an old house and I need to reinstate the walls, but I really didn't want to tear them up. Robert, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Hey, a great way to update the look of your bathroom is to change out the hardware. You know, the towel racks, the cabinet handles, and the pulls and faucet. But the hardest part about replacing your faucet is taking out the old one. For tips on how to do that, we're going to talk to an expert from Peerless Faucets next.
The Money Pit is sponsored by The Home Depot with a guaranteed low price and the know-how to make every dollar work harder. You can do it. We can help. Welcome back to this hour of the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. The website moneypit.com. You got a question for us? You can pick up the phone and call us at 888-666-3974 or you can log on to moneypit.com, click on Ask Tom and Leslie and send us your question that way. You know, it's amazing how a new faucet can change the look of any kitchen or bath. And although it may not be the easiest home improvement project you'll ever undertake, it's certainly not the hardest. Peerless Faucet was created especially for do-it-yourselfers in 1971, and the company is still at it today, giving homeowners the motivation, the encouragement, and the answers they need to install their own faucets. Joining us with some tips and tricks of the trade is Dan Murphy. He's the sales director for Peerless. Hi, Dan. Hello, Tom. How are you? Well, uh, I guess that you have probably installed a lot of faucets over the years. I will tell you that the last uh, faucet repair I did was on my own kitchen where I had to squeeze my large body into the uh, the cabin, <laughs> the kitchen cabinet that's like divided the two doors with the style in between, then get the arm up behind the dish, behind the garbage disposer to unscrew the uh, sprayer and replace it. And let me tell you, it was painful. It was just sheer pain. <laughs> On the back of the new fixture, it should say, contortionists only, please. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've, I've done those, uh, those types of Cirque du Soleil moves myself, trying to <laughs> exactly. get in and out of a faucet, so I know exactly what you're talking about. So what does a manufacturer do to make this process easier on consumers that want to be do-it-yourself faucet installers? Well, one, I think um, for, for Peerless, specifically, a kind of a, a value-affordable line, they can help you all the way from stem to stern, from the beginning of the project to the end of the project. And really in the faucet industry, ourselves and our competitors really up to this point uh, have not done a good job explaining and walking a consumer through in their language on how to repair and get into and get out of an old faucet and repair a new one. Well, it seems like to me that the, the hardest thing is probably getting the old one out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's there's two things about getting the old one out is actually just physically removing the, the faucet with the the uh, story you just told. There's a lot of that that goes on every single day under lavatory faucets. Hey, you said lavatory. That's right. Yeah, Leslie and I were discussing um, the word lavatory. What's wrong with bath faucet? <laughs> well, sometimes we get too specific. Lavatory is a specific type of faucet. When you talk about bath faucets, you could be talking about Roman tub, or you could be. Oh, talking I didn't about know that. Other, other areas. But That's a good point. Generically, you can talk about bath faucets, and, and if you're not in the industry, it, it, could, it probably means a lavatory faucet for us. We just, who are a little bit closer to the business, we talk about lavatory faucets as a specific sink application. Yeah, but when you have to uh, use the restroom, do you tell your colleagues that you have to go to the lavatory? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Unless I'm overseas, then, uh, then, I, then I... No, then that would be the loo. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Um, so once we get that old one out, and we all know that it's rather difficult sometime, um, putting the new one together, is that fairly idiot-proof today, or, or are there uh, mistakes that consumers commonly make? Well, the number one mistake uh, when you remove the old faucet and, and... Forgetting to turn off the water. Exactly. Uh, I mean, there are some practical tips if you want me to run down, down those. Uh, certainly uh, check the, um, the stops or where the water comes into the faucet. Make sure that, that those are cranked down and turned off. It, and the easy way to check that is turn the handles on hot and cold side. If you, if you don't have any water running out of them, then you know uh, you're in a good shape to, uh, to take the old faucet out. 
Now, if you do, because as you know, many times those valves perhaps don't turn off all the way, then your next step is probably just to turn the main off temporarily. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, the second, that's the catch-all. And some people like to do both just to cover themselves. Um, but uh, absolutely, you can turn the main water off as a, as a safeguard there as well. Um, it, the, the practical tip I would give on, on taking the old, the old faucet out is um, some kind of penetrating oil like a WD-40 or something the night before. This I can speak of in practical terms. I just replaced my own kitchen faucet about six years ago, and this was a, a time-saver step that was invaluable. So soak it down the night before with some WD. Right. Get in, get in there, get a, a pillow on your back and a flashlight, and get some WD-40 on those uh, tightening nuts, uh, whether they be lock nuts or bonnet nuts, and uh, make sure that they can come off easily once you uh, get into the repair. And the other practical tip I would say on, on that is get a basin wrench or a plumber's helper wrench that, uh, in a very cramped space, can give you enough leverage to get those nuts off because they can be very, very uh, tight. Now, that's a good point. We probably should explain what the basin wrench is. It basically allows you to reach into those very tight spaces and that your hand cannot, where the, the actual part of the wrench that grabs the fastener is separated from, uh, from the handle by a stem that could be you know, several inches long. And I tell you, that makes a big difference when you're trying to reach in behind a disposer like I was. Now, Dan, I'm sorry to interrupt, but all of this you know, is a lot of information to digest. What if I'm about to do this project and I still seem a little concerned or confused? What can I do to sort of walk me through it? Well, one of the resources that we are going to launch here very shortly is the faucetcoach.com, which walks people through a, an uninstall in layman's terms, doesn't use technical terms like escutcheons and bonnet nuts and cartridges, it tells them exactly what they should be doing in, their, in a language that you can understand. And that's been the big difference is nobody has really helped you from, from the beginning of the project to the end of the project. You go to a retailer or a wholesale showroom uh, or any other location to buy faucets, and they're very good about telling you the differences in faucets, the quality levels of faucets, but they don't help you with the uninstall, which is really by percentage of the project is probably over half of the project is getting that old faucet out. So FaucetCoach.com walks you through in your own language. I've looked at the site, and it's very easy to follow. Adds a little bit of humor, adds some graphics to it, and just walks you through things that you may not have thought about if you don't live around faucets all your life, as we do here at Peerless Faucet. Terrific. Dan Murphy, Director of Sales for Peerless Faucet. Thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Well, thank you. If you want more information, you can go to their website at FaucetCoach.com. Well, Leslie, maintaining a sound roof literally tops the list of home repairs. It keeps you and your family warm and dry, along with everything else in your house. Well, if you think you've got some roof issues going on, how do you know whether you should replace it entirely or just fix it up a little? Well, we'll tell you that's how right after this break. When you took your first steps or drove your first car, there was someone there to coach you through it. But when it's time to put a new faucet in, it's just you, a confusing set of instructions, and that nervous, gnawing feeling in your belly. That's where I come in. As the Peerless Faucet Coach, I can help you through every step of your installation. Starting with the hardest part, getting the old faucet out. For a free undo-it-yourself guide, visit faucetcoach.com. Then get ready to turn your dreams into hot and cold running reality. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. 
RYOBI Woodworking Tools let you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools, and you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. Dad, can you make sure there are no monsters under my bed? Anything for you, princess. Don't forget the dust mites in my pillow. Uh, and the pollen, spores, and bacteria in the air. Uh, I'll cast a magic spell to make them disappear. Dad, this isn't a fairy tale. We need an April Air High Efficiency Air Cleaner to trap up to 99% of the harmful particles from our air. There's even an April Air Electronic Air Cleaner that traps viruses. Protect your family from bacteria, viruses, and other airborne impurities with an April Air High Efficiency Air Cleaner. April Air, the best in indoor air comfort. The walls in your home hold memories, hopes, dreams, and quite possibly, mold. You see, traditional drywall has paper on both sides, which combined with moisture can allow conditions that cause mold. That's why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor Plus from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor Plus has glass mat facings on both sides. And no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you eliminate the paper, you reduce the chances for mold. If you're building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor Plus. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. This portion of the Money Pit is being sponsored by Peerless. If you're putting in a new bathroom or kitchen faucet, Peerless can help you with every step, including the hardest one, getting that old faucet out. For a complete undo-it-yourself guide, visit the Peerless Faucet Coach at faucetcoach.com. Welcome back to this hour of the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Well, Leslie, when it comes to home repairs, there are few repairs you need to get on quicker than a roof leak. Yeah, when you're talking about something as important to the safety and well-being of your home as your roof, any damage or signs of wear call for immediate action. Because if water seeps under your shingles, it could cause rot to the wood sheathing underneath them. So if you see any damage, how do you know whether you should re-roof or repair? Well, if your roof is more than 20 years old and most of the shingles are damaged or badly warm, it's probably a worthwhile investment to replace the whole thing. But if your roof is basically sound and the pitch is, you know, not that steep so you're comfortable doing the job yourself, you can probably just pull out a few shingles. It's not hard to do and you'll be good to go. But remember, people, most of the time when a roof leaks, it's not the shingle that breaks down. It's the flashing. So always look at those places where chimneys come through the roof and where pipes come through the roof and things like that because that's where the roof is probably leaking. If you fix the flashing, you'll probably fix the leak. So most of you listening right now are probably thinking about venturing outside and getting started on that dreaded spring chore, yard work. Well, we're giving away a great prize package this hour, and it's sure to inspire you about your yard. That's right. One caller is going to win the Vigoro products worth 100 bucks, including Weed Stop Mulch, which has some herbicide in it, tools, plant food, and even some decorative stone. Call us right now, one 888 Pit. 
Mike in California wants to talk about tankless water heaters. But Mike, on the little note I get from our call center, it says that your wife is due with a baby any minute. That's what true. gives? Actually, we were due yesterday, so <laughs> could be any minute now. Mike, are you standing by with a catcher's mitt on? I'm ready to roll. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I do have a question on the tankless water heaters. Um, because right now we're running two 50-gallon uh, LP tanks, one on either side of the house. And the one side of the house that I'm considering replacing runs all of my uh, major appliances that have the, the highest water usage. And um, so my questions uh, regarding that are if there's a particular brand um, that you guys have experienced that have, uh, I guess, a, a lower failure rate, um, because I've heard about a number of brands, specifically Noritz is one of them, but also um, whether or not that's something that, if you're handy, if you can do yourself, because I'm getting a lot of pushback from the plumbing companies about the venting and the settings and that type of thing. Yeah, you know, it's not a good idea to become a do-it-yourself tankless water heater installer. <laughs> it, you know, it can be pretty complicated. And it sounds to me like, Mike, you're going to have enough complications in your life in the next couple of months with the baby due any, any minute now, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a good idea because water, tankless water heaters really heat water on demand. So they're not storing hot water. Therefore, you're not paying for water to heat water that you're not really going to use. Right. In terms of the brands... I don't think that tankless water heaters have been out long enough for us to develop a real strong repair history. One of the more popular ones is Renai, and they have a great website. It's foreverhotwater.com that fills you in on what size water heater you need based on how many bathrooms in your house. Uh, And the one thing that I do like about them, especially with kids on the way, is they have a remote control panel that you could mount, say, someplace that's accessible. Like, typically, you'd have the water heater in your utility room or your basement, but you could have this control panel in the kitchen. And if you wanted to dial the temperature of the water from, say, 115 degrees down to 105 degrees, because maybe one of your children is going to take a shower by themselves or something like that, and you want to make sure they can't scald themselves, you can control the water that quickly. Just with, by quickly dialing it down, it instantly changes the temperature of the water. You've got a really nasty set of dishes that you have to clean. Maybe you want to step it up a little bit. So it's very convenient. It is more expensive than a tanked water heater, but I think in the long run, it's going to give you a better return on investment and certainly going to be a lot more convenient to use. But I don't think it's a do-it-yourself installation. I would definitely hire a pro for that. Okay. All right, great. Hey, good right, luck well, with the baby. Yeah. Thank good, you very much. Good luck with the baby. Thanks again right. for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. I don't think Mike had much time to hang out and chat. Yeah, Mike's like, uh, I want this question answered, but I'm also keeping a close eye on my wife, and I'm boiling <laughs> water as we speak. I don't know what it's for, but I've always seen that on TV shows. one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Tom in Alabama is doing some tiling work. Tell us about it. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm laying uh, some ceiling t- or, uh, some floor tile, and uh, I'm using those peeling sticks. And I was, uh, they're not sticking real good, and I was wondering what, what, what kind of glue I could use to make them stick better. So they're just not sticking at all, or once you get them down, they're just popping back up after a couple days? Uh, they're just popping back up after a couple of days. I went ahead and uh, sanded the floor real good uh, where we was putting them and everything, but uh, they're just... Uh, they're just not wanting to hold. Yeah, well, peel and stick doesn't work too well. Probably a good fix would be contact cement. Wouldn't you think? You think so? I was thinking more because contact cement, once he puts it down, um, you know, it's a one-shot it's wonder. Um, there actually is vinyl tile adhesive, you know, because vinyl tiles, you know, for years were sold without being peel and stick. And there's special adhesives that are done that are designed for those and special trowels that you put them down, usually a very, very thin notched trowel. Um, you put it down with, but I don't think you can do it individually. If you're going to do it, you have to do the whole. You have floor to do the whole way. floor. Yeah. 
that's what we're doing. But like I said, some some of them sold real good, but some of them, uh, like around the corners and everything, they're they're start they're starting to come back up. Why don't you pick up some vinyl tile adhesive, Tom, and glue the loose ones down, and see how that works for you. And if that works, though, I imagine what's going to happen is you're going to be doing a lot of patching. It would have been better if you did the whole floor that way, frankly. If you had a chance, a, a choice, uh, the next time you buy tile, don't buy self-stick. Buy the regular tiles and put them down with a vinyl tile adhesive. It works a lot quicker and it lasts a lot longer. Okay. All right, Tom? Okay, well, I'll check that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. The website is moneypit.com. Well, sometimes a shower just doesn't cut it. You need that relaxing soak in a tub full of bubbles. So what do you do when you have to have that bubble bath, but you don't have a tub? Well, up next, we're going to help Shannon, who emailed us about a problem, and tell her the best way to get her bubble bath back. of the Money Pit is being brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. Study after study shows that as homes become tighter and more energy efficient, more contaminants become trapped inside. April Air's technologically advanced electronic and media air cleaners are the best choice for maintaining healthy indoor air. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. You can call us 24-7, 365 at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Or you can email us by going to our website and clicking on Ask Tom and Leslie. And so right now, let's jump into that email bag. All right, this is a great email. I love this one. It's from Shannon. She writes, we just bought our first home a year ago, and although we're loving every minute of it, there are a few projects that need to be done. The previous owner was disabled, and therefore certain rooms were adapted to meet their needs, one of them being a large shower stall so they could get into the shower with the wheelchair. And that's nice, but there's no tub in the house, and sometimes a girl just needs her bubble bath. (laughs) I love it. The shower stall that's in there now is a one-piece stall with sides. Is there a way to replace this with a tub? If so, could you suggest a one-piece or a tub inside? sides that separate well you probably take more bubble baths than i unless you uh, consider you gotta the, love uh, them. <laughs> unless you consider the time i spend in the uh, pressurized plumbing vessels you know the <laughs> ones that are known as hot tubs <laughs> but those create bubbles a whole different way i can i can certainly relate <laughs> shannon with your interest in in getting into that bubble bath um, but needless to say this is a big job a very big job you know because if the old stall is a one piece it will probably need to be cut out then you need the walls and the floors opened up and prepped for the new plumbing and then the new tub installed. But the work doesn't stop there because then you're going to have to do tile and all this other stuff. So I would suggest that you might want to think about buying not a one-piece but a two-piece prefabricated tub because this way you can put it in a two-piece. is easier to get in because it comes in sections. You can put the tub in, then you can assemble the walls, and that's probably the quickest way to get your butt back into that bubble bath. Sometimes, you know, a bubble bath really at the end of the day is worth all of that construction nightmare, especially if you're just aching for a bath, I'm telling you. Well, yeah, I can absolutely relate. But the thing is, in Shannon's case, you know, it's just very, very difficult. There's no quick fix from shower stall to bathtub. There's a lot of work that has to go into it. But it sounds, Shannon, like in your case, it's definitely going to be a big necessity. You know, it's worth it. After all that trouble, when you sink into that hot bubbly bath, you are going to be so thankful. So there's light at the end of the tunnel, Shannon. Ah. 
Well, if you're ready to tackle any paint job, you know that preparation is key. Now, Leslie, you on your in your career on while you're out, I have seen you reface a lot and repaint a lot of furniture. Is the preparation any different when it comes to furniture? That is the topic of today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Well, what's interesting is when you watch us redo furniture and while you're out, you might not see the whole process. So you might think it's okay to just go ahead and slap some paint on that <laughs> already finished piece of furniture, but it is not okay. There are a couple things you need to remember, and preparation is that great key. And let me tell you, what you want to do for a great paint job, if your furniture is already stained or if it's lacquered, you want to start off by giving that furniture a nice bath. You want to clean it with a nice cleaning solution and then rinse it well with clean water. Next, dry it all off, and you want to give the cabinets or whatever piece of furniture you're working on that's already finished a good sanding with a 320 grit sandpaper and once you're happy and everything seems like you've got it you know just get that finish off and you've got a good surface to work on wipe it all down with a tack cloth and a tack cloth is great because what that's going to do is get rid of any sort of dust particles that are on that furniture and once you've done that your furniture is ready for a fresh coat of paint and a whole new look so it's a little bit of preparation, but if you do it once you do it right, you won't have to do it again. You know, I like the idea of doing projects once and not having to do it again. So coming up next week on the show, we're going to talk about a new technology in roofing. Imagine a roof that actually could save you energy. There is a roof out there that can do that and one that will last 50 years. It's metal roofing, and what's old is new again. And wait till you hear the way metal roofs are being built today so they stand up and they save energy. They reflect the sunlight through special coatings and special paints. It's really a fascinating interview. We're going to talk to the president of the Metal Roofing Alliance. That's coming up next week on this program. But for now, that's all the time we have. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.